All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Northern Exposure Podcast. I'm your host, Jay North. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good week. Summer is freaking flying by. We're already getting into the tail end of August, um, and that's unbelievable. Crazy. So anyway, how y'all doing? Hope y'all are good. I wanted to share some interesting shit with you guys today. I was just trolling through news feeds. I've got one topic I want to get into in a minute, but this other one, it caught my eye. Uh, This is on MSN, Microsoft News. I'm in the money column, which is interesting, Uh, but I guess this article does, in fact, have to do with finance after all. But it says, how much it costs to live in the 15 COVID-free countries. Now, wait a minute. COVID-free, it says. So this article is uh, written by a gentleman named Joel Anderson. It actually just came out about five hours ago. It's early. I'm up early. That's just how I roll. <clears throat> but it says here, if you've had it with COVID-19, there are some places where you could go to escape it. There remain a dozen countries that still have yet to record a single case. Interesting. However, a quick pursuit of that list will show that it mostly contains very small remote island nations, such as the Federated States of Micronesia or places you might have every reason to doubt the counts released by the government, say North Korea, as an example. Um, So that's interesting. So they're going to comprise this list here. Um, Let me read down here a little bit and see, because again, it's a very interesting headline, COVID-free. So it says right here, there's an important difference between being a country that simply hasn't encountered the coronavirus yet and a country where a strong health system has confronted and largely overcome the threat. So again, reading it very carefully, some of these countries are not COVID-free, but it could be very small numbers. Some have claimed to be COVID-free. So this is interesting here. So let me go to this little list, and we're going to start with place number one. In case you guys have had enough, you've had enough of New York, you've had enough of America, had enough of the world, you had enough of COVID, you're looking to get out of here. Your boy Jay North, Northern Exposure Podcast, going to break down a bunch of places that you can escape to. So the first place is Meredith, a small island off the coast of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean that has had a total of 344 cases with no new ones in August. It's a good sign. We are on the tail end of August. Uh, so it could be among the safest places in the world right now in terms of the pandemic. If you have a decent savings account, your funds should last a while as living expenses are less than 700 bucks a month on the island, but earning your living might be harder. The island relies heavily on tourism, which obviously has taken a serious hit because of COVID-19. It's also coping with the aftermath of a recent oil spill. I say barter, get in there for less than 400 a month. There you go. You got oil in the water and there's no jobs. Lower the rent. Anyway, Meredith. Next spot. You guys are looking to run away. Oh, this looks, let's see, where are we going here? Who is this? I'm not sure what just happened here. It's, okay, so these are the, okay, so I got you now. I know where the slide just went. Pardon me, guys, this article's jumping around. So with Meredith, these are the COVID-19 stats. They have a population of 1.27 million people with 344 total cases, 10 total deaths, no new cases in August. Cases per million people in August, 0.00. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something right. <clears throat> the cost to live in Meredith. So let's see if this is all broken down into U.S. dollars. So a one-bedroom apartment would be about two eighty-seven a month. Groceries would cost you about two sixty-four a month. Public transportation is twenty-five bucks a month. 
utility costs about 91 bucks a month and your total monthly expen- expenditures $668.96. So, you got some money saved away and you're looking to escape all this garbage, there's place number one, if you can afford to. So, you never know. Place number two. Oh, St. Lucia. Beautiful. A Caribbean island located north of Barbados. St. Lucia could provide you with a gorgeous and safe place to wait out the pandemic. St. Lucia doesn't have a serious issue with the coronavirus at the moment. And you could get by on about $1,000 a month, all on a beautiful, sunny island paradise. I mean, it's enticing. I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the pictures. It's beautiful. St. Lucia only has, it's a very small island, guys, 182,790 people total population with 25 total cases, zero deaths, zero new cases in August. Cases per million people in August, 0.00. Yeah. So bedroom apartment goes up a little bit, but yeah, about $1,000 a month to live in St. Lucia. I'm not going to break all that crap down for you guys again. You get the point. The next place is Taiwan. Taiwan is off the coast of China, where the virus originated, so it shouldn't be taken for granted how much success the nation has had in limiting its spread. In a country of nearly 24 million people, there were a mere 13 new cases recorded in August. All this in a place of considerable cultural and culinary renown, where you can live for less than $1,000 a month. Interesting. 24 million people, 13 cases recorded so far in early August. Yeah, 23.6 million people. So Taiwan overall, 480 total cases, 7 total deaths, and 13 new cases in August. Makes you wonder how they're doing this. Uh, Yep, cost of live. Let me go back to that, because Taiwan, I think, was a little less than St. Lucia. Yeah, Taiwan's about $923.04 a month to live. So again, if you guys got some savings, you want to get the hell out of here. All right, spot number four, Thailand. Once again... Thailand's proximity to the place the virus originated should say a lot about just how effectively the government has limited the outbreak. The nation long has been a destination spot for tourists, but living there should cost you a little over $750 a month while reducing the risk posed to you by the virus considerably. So older folks, honestly, for you snowbirds, these could be places to start looking into. Now I realize that could change the game a little bit and you might be dealing with some dual citizenship. But, I mean, if you're going down for three or four months out of the year, probably not. So, you know, for all you guys that go to Florida, because here in the States, you know, Florida is a hot mess, or at least so they say. These are some safer alternatives. Thailand's beautiful. Thailand, too, this is impressive. 69.63 million people. 300, uh, I'm sorry, 3,351 total cases with 58 total deaths. They had 41 new cases in August. Cases per million people in August, 0.59. So again, that's pretty impressive based on the numbers alone. Um, I'm not going to do the math right now. You guys have the data. You're welcome to it. Pop out a calculator, do your thing. Yeah, you can total monthly expenditures in Taiwan about approximately, or Thailand, I'm sorry, It's impressive. China! I know, we calm down, calm down. Some of you got upset. While it shouldn't be overlooked that the lack of transparency early on by the Chinese officials could well have exacerbated the pandemic spread internationally, the government there has done an excellent job of fighting the virus. Take all this with a grain of salt. 
the world's most populous nation had just 1,314 new cases in early August. So no matter how many people might try to label this the Wuhan virus, and it puts it in quotes, the numbers indicate that the nations across the globe could learn a lot about best practices in public health policy from China. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to poo-poo on the journalist here. I'm going to take these numbers with a grain of salt. When have you ever been known to get 100% transparency from a communist country? Um, anyway, let's move on. Take that one for how you how you want to. But again, I think this is a part where this is the journalist putting his opinion in the article. Just give me the numbers, bucko. Here we go. Where are we going now? Let's see. Well, okay, so here's the uh, here's the Chinese uh, population, 1.4 billion. Total cases, 89,270. Total deaths, 4,693. New cases in August was 1,314. Cases per million, 0.94. So that's China. Now where are we going? So the cost of live in China, you're talking less than $700 a month. New Zealand. Now this one gets my attention. This could be a little bit, uh, this could be nice, you know. If you long to travel to New Zealand one day to take in the stunning scenery employed in director Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings trilogy, the timing might be better now than ever. You would have the additional benefit of being far safer from the coronavirus than you would in most of America. All right, New Zealand, hit me. What are you doing? Population of New Zealand is 4.92 million. Total cases, 1,219. Total deaths, 22. New cases in August, 9. Cases per million, 1.83. So that seems high based on a small population, but their numbers, in theory, are still quite low. Cost to live in New Zealand, it gets a little more expensive. You're looking at almost 1600 a month there, ballers. So this is double time. Your apartment is half of that. No, your apartment's actually 66% of that. You're looking at about 950 a month on a one-bedroom apartment there. Utilities are a lot higher, too, 172. That's New Zealand. Vietnam. Long known for its aston uh, astonishing beauty, the Southeast Asian nation is among the countries showing the rest of the world how to deal with the spread of this infectious disease. But wait and watch a bit before packing your bags. Oh, thank you. The country just saw 332 new cases in early August. Microscopic when you consider nearly 100 million people live in Vietnam, but that represents a huge portion of the 841 total cases registered here. So while Vietnam has done well fighting the virus, the recent uptick could prove a troubling sign. That or they weren't keeping track. You know, all of a sudden you damn near split it. I don't know. Population of Vietnam is high, 96.46 million. Total cases, 841. Total deaths, 13. New cases in August, the 332, as we said. Cases per million, 3.44. So now these numbers are going up. Let's get into the cost of living. You can live in Vietnam for under or approximately about $650 a month. One bedroom apartment costs you about $350. Utilities, $78. Bucks. Public transportation, $7.77 a month. All right. Next place, Jordan. This desert nation has a rich cultural history, including the ruins of the legendary trading city of Petra 
and living there at present provides more than just a chance to connect with the past. Jordan has done an impressive job in limiting the spread of the virus. The cost of living there should work out to be well under seven fifty a month. So, anybody that wants to go to Jordan, they have a population of 10.1 million total cases, 1,252. That's impressive. Deaths, 11. New cases in August, 61. Cases per million, 6.04. That's interesting. That's where it goes up. These numbers, I mean, they make you think. That's all. Yeah, cost of living in Jordan, about $665 a month. Now we're going to South Korea. South Korea's efforts to prevent the spread of the coronavirus within its borders have been a model for the rest of the world since the earliest stages of the outbreak. With its success in mass testing receiving particular praise, uh, let's see, with expenses projected to run less than $1,250 a month in South Korea, you could find yourself staying safe from the coronavirus, saving money, and indulging your appetite for K-pop all in one go. Oh, K-pop, whoo, gotta get that. So this uh, country, 51.71 million people, 14,626 total cases, which is 300, I know I don't want to say just, but 305 deaths. New cases in August, 321 cases per million people in August, 6.21. I'm not even sure what number we're on. Cost of living around 1,200 a month in South Korea. Next is Rwanda. Rwanda is a Central African nation filled with diverse natural settings and wildlife, known as the land of a thousand hills, and living there now offers a unique chance to protect yourself from COVID-19, as the nation of more than 12 million people had fewer than 150 new cases in early August. Not to mention, with a cost of living around 600 bucks a month, you can end up saving some real money in the process. So they have 12.63 million people. Uh, 2,140 total cases, 7 total deaths, new cases in August 146, uh, cases per million people, 11.56. And see, again, that case per million people seems to be going up as we're going down the list, but the total deaths are down, and I don't know. So if you look at these numbers, I guess you could trick yourself. If you just looked at that, you'd be like, oh my God, that country's a mess, but they're not. So I think sometimes how they give you the data can... I don't want to say misleading, but I think it can make you overanalyze it. Cost to live in Rwanda, about $608 a month. That's impressive. All right, Hungary. Hungary is a beautiful capital city of Budapest. Long have been one of the favored places to take in the beauty of the Danube River. At present, the country could provide an oasis for escaping from COVID-19, as well as high prices. The cost of living there comes to just over $750 a month. Or Hungary, I'm sorry. Hungary, not Hungary. Hungary. Gotta make sure I get the Gary in there. Uh, population, 9.77 million. Total cases, 4,696. Total deaths, 602. New cases in August, 191. Again, cases per million people in August, 19.55. Cost of living, about $770 a month. Norway. Now we're talking. And gentlemen, listen up. I guess, uh, well, no, but what, is it Norway? One of these countries, like, the ladies are just dying to meet men because the ratio is ridiculous. And if that comment offends anybody, come on. But it's true. Like, if you're a single man, you moved to, I think it's Norway, don't quote me. 
It's either Norway or Sweden. The ladies are like, oh my God, can please send men. It's like seven to one or something like that. Anyway, back to this. Norway is among those Scandinavian nations where excellent governance and high taxes, yeah, you had to put that in quotes, are the norm. However, while neighboring Sweden went with a failed attempt at developing herd immunity early on, Norway has kept a lid on the spread of the virus much more effectively. One thing I've noticed, just side note, as I'm reading this, he's not saying there's no report here on actually what these countries are doing. So dumb luck, what are they doing? Everybody wants to compare, say, you suck, you're great, you suck, you're great. Well, no one's really telling us what these great countries are doing, at least not in this article. Anyway, back to the point. Uh, living there wouldn't save you much money, though, with average expenses of more than 1800 a month. It's the most expensive of the countries listed here, and that makes sense. Population 5.35, total cases 9,468, total deaths 256, new cases in August uh, 296, cases per million 55.35. Here we go. Next, cost of living in Norway, about 1800 a month. It's just interesting, these are all places you could go, all right, now we're talking, Italy made the list. Italy made the list. Here we go. Italy got a lot of negative press early on in the pandemic for the rapid spread of the coronavirus there and the tally of more than 250,000 total cases. However, the country has made significant strides in battling COVID-19 as new cases in early August were notably low for Italy's size. All right, you got to hit me with some numbers here because they got blitzed and now all of a sudden they're making this list. So population 60.3 million total cases, uh, what is it, 250,566, sorry guys, I'm still working on coffee here, total deaths 35,205, new cases in August 3,408, cases per million people in August 56.52, you gotta imagine the cost of living would be pretty decent, yeah, you can live in Italy for about 1,200 a month, about 1,200 a month and eat the finest food in the world while you're doing it. All right, we're almost there. Estonia, this Baltic nation could provide a good option for saving money and preserving your health. It has done an impressive job at limiting coronavirus from the start with just over 2,100 total cases there. Throw in the cost of living that works out to less than $1,000 a month and living in Northern Europe could start to sound a lot more appealing. So they've got 1.33 million uh, people, 2,152 total cases, 63 total deaths, 101 new cases in August, cases per million, 76.14. You could be Estonia bound. And it's about $912 a month to live there. I think there's one more country. Yeah, here we go, Denmark. Denmark is well known for its impressive social safety net and sky-high income taxes. <laughs> but that emphasis on quality governance might have paid off here. New cases of coronavirus in early August would seem to show that Denmark is a place where health officials have acted effectively in stemming the virus. Just don't think living in Denmark would provide a great opportunity to save money. It follows only Norway in terms of cost of living. Well, that probably goes without saying. Um, and again, when you compare actual established country cities versus island tourist cities, there's going to be a big difference there. Population here, 5.82 million. Total cases, 14,442. Total deaths, uh, 617. New cases in August, 717. And cases per the million, 
And let's see, Denmark cost of living about sixteen hundred a month, about sixteen hundred a month. Interesting, and I believe, my friends, that is the list. Those are the top fifteen places that you could go right now to virtually escape coronavirus. They are virtually, well, as the article said, coronavirus-free, but you notice none of them were actually coronavirus-free. Minimal risk, small numbers, in some places, quite affordable. Figured I'd share that with you all. Going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Thank you so much for hanging out, listening. Um, so just doing my uh, my daily thing here where I go into my news feed and I just get the latest on the coronavirus, paying attention to all this stuff. And, uh, you know, in the top segment, we were talking about the 15 safest and arguably extremely affordable places that you can go right now to sort of safely get away from this thing or a lot more calculated safety, get away from this thing based on some super low numbers. Those areas of the world seem to be doing a good job. Um, And it makes you wonder, like, what really is the catalyst for a massive spike in cases? Is it really underlying health conditions? I'd be curious to that. Um, again, the article, he, it, it is what it is. It's based on numbers. So if that's based on the actual numbers of the countries and those guys are ranking in the top 15, obviously, and then um, obviously they're looking at, I wonder if there's countries that are more expensive to live in that are doing better because the other idea behind that article was for these places to be uh, refuge, escape, if you will, that's affordable. And in a lot of cases, those were. Your boy, I'm taking St. Lucia or Merida. So we're going to the island, uh, and that's where I would be. I'd like to be on a uh, small, populated island. That'd be great. Um, Umbrella drinks, and I'll find a job. I could be a bartender, whatever you need me to be. Um, But yeah, if you had a nest egg set aside, if you set assets aside for, you know, four or five months out of the year, you could travel, you could pull that off, you could do that. And, uh, you know, that could be an option for some folks. Uh, but I digress on that. So with the COVID thing, I mean, the general vibe in the town and the community in my area has been doing a pretty good job. Um, but we've got this uh, gray cloud looming overhead, this back to school. And there's a lot of stress uh, for the parents now coming in around this back to school. So to catch everybody up with what's going on in our area, <clears throat> it was probably about a week or so ago now that our city school district had decided that they were going to go full-blown remote uh, for the first 10 weeks of the school year. So the uh, so for the first quarter, if you will, all basically all the way up to Thanksgiving, they're going to go remote. Um, and then, you know, other parents start to get uneasy, get a little worried, say, hey, you know, what the hell's going to go on with our districts? Are they going to follow suit type thing? So there's a little anxiety there. Um, but to be honest, I mean, there's more anxiety for me as a parent to, to, you know, what kind of environment are we actually sending them into? Is this going to be like a regimented militaristic you know type environment where mask mandates everybody's on the right side and da 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 you know I don't know I don't know if school's gonna be the happy place it's supposed to be I think there's gonna be a lot of stress there Uh, I'm to understand that during remote uh, teaching sessions the teachers are actually gonna be in the school building and not in their houses Um, so Again, I'm trying to catch up on on everything. I'm trying to keep a cool level head with this. Um, you know, one thing popped up, obviously, if your kid gets sick or shows any symptoms, they're going to get, you know, they got to go get tested. So you got to put your kid through that. It could be a false positive. Um, 
could be a false negative. You don't know. Some of the testing hasn't been <clears throat> too sound. So then if if they have to go out of school for two weeks, three weeks, whatever the quarantine period is going to be, they have to be tested and it has to come back negative before they're allowed to go back into school. So you're potentially putting your kid through a lot of crap. <clears throat> so when this conversation came up among some of our soccer, soccer dads there the other day, um, the one guy was just like, you know, at that point, I'd probably just say the hell with it and pull them. And we'll go remote until this till the air clears because this is getting ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to keep taking my kid to the pediatrician to get that freaking cotton swab stuffed up their nose so they can come back to school. Pardon me, had a guest. My dog wanted to come in and say hello. It's too much background noise out in the hallway. I have to shut the door on um, but you know, that's, that's the other challenge is going to be, and then the kids with the masks, um, you know, somebody brought up a good point for that, like masks, you know, understand from the health standpoint, great, but it's also hiding your kid's identity. You know, there's kids that walk to school. Uh, we're in a society now that's very aware of child predators. And, uh, now you can't even freaking identify kids if they got these masks on. That was brought up. I mean, that might be a little, that that's extreme, but you know, there's a lot going on. I mean, just from a health standpoint, it's a little unnerving as to as to how we're going to do this. Um, there's, you know, my wife and I have said we're going to stay away from the bus, uh, do the drop-off, do the pickup, and it's it's going to be a little insane. I just forecast the rest of this year, school year, work year, all being a little bit crazy. Um, um, this week coming up for work, I've got my uh, first, it'll be our first time getting back together, and I'm holding up quotes because we're doing it virtually, but this will be the first time the entire company, Austrian partners, get together. We're going to do a day, a day-long seminar, basically, all virtually. Uh, this is typically something where we would travel in, spend three, four days together, doing some classroom uh, work, workshops, things of that nature, team building, camaraderies. Um, but we don't get to do that this year because of COVID. They've obviously going to hunker down on traveling and not uh, not just give that out right now. So, um, and again, stay tuned. I don't even know if I'll be going anywhere in December. That's typically our big one. Um, you know, the way things shake out, I could see that going virtual too. And uh, we'll go from there. General consensus for a lot of us seems to be we won't start seeing any progress in the other direction until, you know, after the calendar year turns or something significant happens as far as a uh, treatment vaccine procedure. And you're torn on all of it, right? Because the media is throwing so much information at you. And then conspiracy theory, truth seekers, whatever you call it, everybody's got their opinions. There's all kinds of information out there. So you can drive yourself nuts if you stick with one source. I try very hard uh, to get all my sources in. And when you guys hear me talk on here, sometimes it's coming from MSN, sometimes it's coming from Fox, sometimes it's even coming from CNN. I try to get out there 360 degrees of information gathering and then, you know, take it back to my tiki hut, digest it, and figure it out on my own. But a lot of decisions for parents to make uh, professional life. My wife and I both have careers. Um, and this is going to get a little screwy. Um, I will say this, though. I have, and I've had this conversation with other people. Let's talk about some good news, for Christ's sake. Um, there are some people that are doing a lot more with less right now. And I am fortunate and blessed enough to be one of those people. Somehow, some way, uh, business for me has been excellent. 
and I'm doing more with less. There's less appointments. Cold, cold calling, I think I've mentioned down here, cold calling, you know, me just driving around the territory, stopping in, saying, hey, how you guys doing? Here's a book. Here's a pamphlet. Here, here's this new collection. I just wanted to give you a peek while I'm in the area driving down the street. Uh, no, that stuff is pretty much going to be dead for the rest of 2020. You're not going to see it. Nobody's doing it. Um, and if you do do it and people hear about it, <laughs> so don't do it. Or do it. I mean, it's up to you. I'm not telling you what to do. It's your business, boo boo. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm respecting colleagues, and you know, we got an appointment. Great, we sit down. We you know follow all the safety protocol, minimum contact with products, things of that nature. Um, you know, everybody seems to be pretty compliant with that. We're doing a good job. I haven't been. I've seen people grumble that they're in places where people aren't wearing masks. Cause say around here, people are mostly being, you know, pretty good. Um, and again, it's. I don't know, guys. I've I've voiced my opinion on this. The biggest concern for me right now, honestly, is my children. That's that's my biggest concern. What kind of uh, environment are they going to be into? What's this academic year going to look like? Uh, some people are already starting to label them the lost generation, uh, which really, like, we have to fix this. Like, don't give me that shit that we have, you know, a six, seven month problem and we're going to lose an entire generation. That's weak-minded bullshit. Let's pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and figure this out. You got guys like Elon Musk freaking putting spaceships back in space and bringing them back, landing them perfectly and using them again. Um, and we're going to sit here and say that, you know, this is a lost generation. And if it is, if you really want to call it that, then whose fault is it? Whose fault is it that the generation's lost? Because these leaders that we elect made these decisions. Um, you know, but that's a whole other topic. But I don't, I don't buy into that. There's too many resources out there for these kids. There's too much technology. We've come too damn far to let a generation be labeled that already and throw them away. That's crap. They're the generation that's probably going to save our asses. You know, they're up next. I'm talking about you 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds who in the next 10 to 15 years are going to become adults. And they're going to have to start doing some shit. And they're going to get out into the workforce. And, you know, well, hopefully they're still a workforce. Jesus. But, you know, they're, they're not lost. I, that's crazy. And that's also an insult to the parents. I know this stuff is hard, but... You know, there's so much more you can teach your kids than just what's in them frickin' textbooks. And it's all, well, not even textbooks anymore. God, I'm aging myself. But you all know what I mean. You know, we could teach some basic math, but at the end of the day, let's concentrate on teaching people how to be solid human beings. Let's start there. What's wrong with that? How come you don't get A's and B's and C's for that shit? You know, character. There's the, You should get a grade in school for character. Did I just come up with an idea? Oh my God, when we get back, we should have merit grades on students' report cards. Absolutely have your academia, math, science, this and that. But you should have grades on other things or, you know, one out of ten scales on things like character, integrity, honesty, dedication, punctuality, all kinds of things, all kinds of good character traits that hold people accountable and tend to make them successful in their futures. Um, you know, I think Vince Lombardi said it best when he took over the Packers. He said, uh, you know, perfection is impossible, but the pursuit of perfection breeds excellence. And I love that. I love that. 
So that could be something you can do. You can have those on report cards and give kids another. Those are uh, these are personal, interpersonal areas that I think get neglected now. Um, you know, I was fortunate. My grandmother put me in a very uh, excellent uh, moral fabric in St. Lawrence Elementary School. I got nine years of that character, morals, integrity. It was burned into your brain just as hard as two plus two is math and this animal is a frog. You know what I mean? It was, that was important. You gave back to your community. You used your manners. You were polite. Uh, you didn't speak out of turn. You know what I mean? Like you, you were taught to listen, basically, uh, and taught how to be a good person. And you were taught how to work in groups of people. You know, you were taught how to set aside differences. There was a certain level of maturity. Um, it would be interesting if you could take a time machine. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. The only perspective I have is my own. This was my class, all the kids that I went to school with at St. Lawrence. But I guarantee you, if you took our eighth grade class from back in 1994 and you slapped us in a room with eighth graders today, you would think it was adults versus kids. The maturity level was that different. I swear to God, I see my chuckle-headed son. He's a great kid. I love him to death. But we did things a little more differently back then we were we were structured in that school setting a little more differently uh than these folks i mean we didn't need security guards we had sister diane and that's all you needed to know <laughs> so you know that was yeah i mean so again i i don't think they're a lost generation i think there's some things we have to try to find some silver linings we've talked about it before um spent some time with my buddy eddie last night same thing he's like you know what man this could be a hard reset for me. This could be one of those things where I'm going to take these moments to enjoy my children because I'm never going to get these days back and they're little, you know. And uh, I'm thinking I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to finish up, make myself worth more when this is all said and done. You know, get something because he's looking at like maybe construction management stunt play. And you need that stuff. There's going to be construction for days. Talk about job security. That's that blue collar stuff. Everybody sleeps on it. Your plumbing, your HVAC, your electrical, all of that, carpentry. I look around some job sites. Kudos to my cousin, Adam, too, first of all. North Holmes, beautiful. North Holmes LLC, he's out in Syracuse. He did it. Started as a laborer with a general contractor, just got into it, worked with his hands, because I want to do this, and uh, I know I want to do this, so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to get good at various jobs myself, build a network, um, but they do great work, but I think he would agree you're not seeing as many young guns out there, and hopefully you are. I could be wrong, but when I was in the field, you know, back in the mid-2000s, working with Walter and then working with Williams Painting down in Virginia, it was an older man's game. You didn't see a lot of young guys. You've heard me do a very bad Walter Life impression on here before. Goddamn Yankee boys, but he loved me because, as he said, you goddamn Yankee boy will show up on time every day, work circles around you. That's how it is. He just loved it. I never stopped moving, you know. Stick a key in his ass and go, he used to say. He's like, Jay won't stop moving. He, I knew he loved me the first day he got me, y'all. I got a pair of knee pads, a crowbar, and a hammer. They had a black mold problem in all these vacation townhouses, so I'm up there. I have to rip out all the uh, tile flooring, and then I have to rip out the, the subfloors because a lot of the subfloors had the black mold. So I'm ripping all that out. Crowbar, Virginia, middle of the summer. I'm dripping sweat. He comes up. I'm in my jeans and my shirt because you had to wear pants. You can't be on a construction site wearing shorts. No Crocs and socks here, people. Like, you're protected. I'm oozing with sweat. He comes up with, like, a 12-pack of Gatorade. 
I had a bunch of the floors out. This was like lunchtime, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna lock you." <laughs> and that was, and that was pretty cool. So that worked out. But yeah, it's good to see the blue collar fields. They need good leadership. I mean, there's a lot you can do. My wife has her master's in strategic leadership. She got that degree. God, it's going on almost three years ago now. And that's a relatively new uh, degree path is strategic leadership. So there's definitely some management stuff. IT is big. Anybody looking to get back into school? I'm good in my optical. I've got a lot of continuing ed. At times, I feel like I go back to school whether I want to or not with it. Um, But the thought has crossed my mind especially with everything being virtual and online, wouldn't it be nice to check off the box and actually have a degree? Because I don't know if you guys know this, your boy don't have one. I don't have one. I don't have one of those. I went to school for a little bit, and that was enough for me. I went to school for a little bit twice, actually. (laughs) So anyway, I digress. Just wanted to try to end the episode on some lighthearted conversation. But yeah, it is stressful. Parents hang in there together help each other out, do what you can, ride pool. I cracked a joke, you know, in home, homeschool might become a thing, private in home school, you know, Northopia University, not me, I, I'm not qualified to teach kids, but can you imagine, like, hey, you know, state, state law, 10 to 1 ratio, I'll hire an aide, let's get in here, come on, you're paying private education to a teacher, you're going right to Mrs. Jones's house, and you're learning, uh, you're learning math in her makeshift classroom. Where there used to be man caves, there's now going to be classrooms down in people's basements. Crazy. Hang in there, guys. Do awesome things for each other. Uh, you know, stay positive. Try to not watch the news. That shit's depressing. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for listening. As always, if you like the show, please share it with your friends. You can support the podcast. That's always awesome, too. Much appreciated. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor. Apple Podcasts, and I'm working on getting on Pandora, just waiting to see if they'll approve my silly ass for a platform so big. So we'll see what happens, but stay tuned. So until next time, guys, be good.